This week's life note, when the life coach herself sees the glass half full. Welcome to Life Notes from Chair 17, a podcast dedicated to sharing life stories, wisdoms and inspirations as we navigate life's journey. Host C.H. aims to share thoughtful perspectives and insights from her own life journey, as well as those of special guests and contributors. Tune in for thoughtful conversations about lessons learned, wisdoms gained, experiences had, and inspirations shared. Find us where you get your podcasts and be sure to hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Life Notes from Chair 17. I am your host, CH. Thank you again so much for finding me in this corner of the podcast universe. I hope you are doing well from wherever you are tuning in from. This episode is kind of special. It is the first episode in the podcast where I have a guest that I spoke with. Part of my goal with this podcast is to have different guests or contributors uh, from all walks of life who have uh, some interesting wisdoms, experiences, inspirations, lessons to share. Uh, the, The tagline of this podcast is navigating life one story at a time. And so for this week, it is the story of Gail who is my neighbor, uh, was my coworker, uh, is a friend, and her journey in recovering from brain surgery. So she had a brain tumor removed. Uh, we had recently, we have recently reconnected after a bit of time away, and it was over dinner uh, not too long ago that I did learn about this recent health challenge for her and through that conversation and how she was talking about her own journey, not only in becoming a life coach, but also having to lean into her learnings and teachings as a life coach uh, in her own recovery efforts from this surgery that I said to her, I'd really love you to come on the podcast and and share this story a little more broadly because I think it can be inspirational to many folks listening and certainly fits the bill of of navigating life one story at a time for sure. So a couple of disclaimers before we get into the episode one, uh, we will be talking about uh, medical diagnoses. Uh, And we are talking about it uh, solely from Gail's experience and what she went through and uh, what her doctors told her, how she chose to advocate for her treatment. We are not giving any sort of medical advice. You are encouraged, as always, to consult and talk with your doctor on what medical and health wellness is best for you or what program is best for you. Neither myself nor Gail are doctors. 
Uh, second, uh, this is not a sponsored podcast by the company in which Gail is part of or serves as an independent life coach. I will post all of the information in the show notes uh, or the description, depending on how it shows up for you, uh, wherever you are getting this podcast from. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about the company, if you're interested in learning more about Gail, if you're interested in actually reaching out to Gail and potentially uh, seeing if she can be of uh, a life coach situation for you, uh, but it's not officially sponsored and it's not officially an advertisement. It is just part of where she is at in her life and it is part of what has made this story very interesting, sort of a intersection of she had been the source of great inspiration and positivity for a lot of her clients and suddenly had to be that for her own self. Uh, so the story, I think, is a good one. And my hope is you will enjoy it. It does run a little bit longer than our the previous couple of episodes, but I'm hoping you will find it worthwhile. Uh, I can certainly attest to when she talks about being a teacher and getting people to believe and things they didn't think they could do. Uh, she certainly did that for me when we were working together uh, at a time when I didn't think I could understand what I was being asked to do by the person I was working for. And I will be forever grateful to her for that. Uh, and I do uh, have to have a smile and a bit of a laugh when she does mention that she leans into project management when she is tackling something uh, that seems a little overwhelming uh, because I am a project manager in my day job and it uh, I can certainly relate to what she's saying. Sometimes you just got to chunk it down into small bits and focus on that and that will get you to the completion of the bigger picture. So hope you enjoy it. On with the episode. Hi, Gail. Hi, Hi there. <laughs> Thank you so much for being our official first guest and or contributor on Life Notes from Chair 17. So we are chatting today about uh, the theme of this episode is going to be the glass half full in your journey, not only in becoming a life coach, but also how you leaned into your, uh, let's say, your teachings and your wisdom as you shared as a life coach to your clients in your most recent health challenge. So as we say, you and I got to know each other, it's going on... 10 years ago? No, 2015. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Right. And for everybody out there, we worked together uh, and then realized kind of almost at the same time, we realized that we lived close to each other. There was a van pool that was maybe going to help my commute. You offered to have me join the van pool, and the rest is kind of history, right? And now we live like 10 houses away from each other. <laughs> but it's been a couple of years since we talked, right? So yeah. COVID has made reconnecting with folks uh Kind of, a, I feel like I've reconnected with some folks that I lost touch with, you being one of those, um, given we all just kind of hunkered down and got through the best that we could. 
Uh, and you do split your time between Pacific Northwest and Southwest. So I'm catching you right as you are about to head down to warmer temperatures. That's correct. As we, as we escape the darkness of the Pacific Northwest. So tell me a little bit. Uh, we know that when we work together, uh, you were essentially contemplating maybe retirement, retiring or retiring early. And you ultimately did do that. And you went on to become a life coach. How did that come to you? How did you find it? What got you inspired to do it? So I never really, I never really thought that I wanted to be a life coach. Um, I had health issues, and I was pre-diabetic for about 10 years. There's history in my family where people lose toes and eyesight and various things from diabetes. And if I didn't take my weight in, consider- in, in control, I, that was my roadmap. So I found my program, and in th- three and a half months, actually in two months of being on program, I lost 20 pounds, and I was no longer pre-diabetic. That's amazing. And this was in This was in 2019? 2018. And uh, I wasn't working, and my husband was working, and I was a little bored. My coach said people who coach are more likely not to gain their weight back. Ah, so it was kind of a... It was uh, kind of selfish. Yeah, yeah. I viewed it as selfish. It's like, well, I, I'm, I was meant to be a teacher. I never taught. I've been teaching my whole career, but not as a teacher. So I thought, well, if I can keep if I if I can keep my weight first thought every single day, then it'll help other people and it'll help me too. So I went at it from a selfish viewpoint. Yeah, uh, which sometimes is is totally okay to do because it inspires you to. To change, right? And in 2020, when the world was shutting down and people didn't have social interaction, I was busy building my business, my coaching business, and meeting new people frequently on the phone or virtually. And so I was not as isolated, whereas a lot of people felt very isolated because I had new people in my life. So would you, just from a time frame time frame perspective. So the, you took on 20 in 2018 it was really for you. And then in 2019 it was I'm going to do this actually partially because it's going to help me with the change I already did as going through the program just for the as rest a client, of my life for the rest of your life. And then 2020 hits and it's a a unique way in which to stay connected with the world when we were all pretty much disconnected. Do you feel like you grew your your clientele during that period of time in any greater way or were you still in the process of building that I was I was building it but remember a lot of people gained weight gained a lot of weight during covid they did so a lot of people were looking for solutions yeah and and really the kinds the kinds of people looking for solutions are the kinds of people that I like having in my life so it was a win-win situation. Yeah. Not everyone is open for change. And one of, the, one of the benefits of the program that I was told, but I didn't think it was possible, is it can change your life. So we talk about the program. Um, 
anyway, maybe we'll say what the program is later. But I, this is not no, you about can say now. So what? It, what let's talk about the program first, because so I do want to set the table. The program is um, called Optavia. Uh, it it claims it can change. It can provide healthy body, healthy minds, and healthy finances. So healthy body is about losing weight. Healthy mind is about changing your mindset. And healthy finances is if you really, if you want to coach and build a big business, you can change your career. So I wasn't really looking for changing my career, and I never really believed I could change my mindset. I grew up in a family where the glass, my dad was, the glass was half empty. If you ask him how he was doing, he would say, not bad. And nowadays, if anyone says that they're not bad, I always come back, are you bad or are you good? Because really, that not bad is the glass is half empty. And I just thought, that there was no way you could ever change that. But through coaching, I have changed that. And I did not know, I did not know that that was possible for me. And so we go through the pandemic, right? 2020, 2021, and we hit 2022. And you started noticing, you said, you said, or you shared with me, a memory you started to become concerned about your memory. Uh, you being a really sharp numbers gal suddenly didn't feel so sharp about your numbers. What were some of the other signs that made you start to think, ah? Maybe I have Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, Joe would say something, my other half, and I would forget it. How quickly would you forget it? Instantly. Oh, wow. So like I would open a cabinet door to, to get a plate and then I'm done making my sandwich and I forget to close the cabinet door. Ah, uh, yeah. Like really like short term. Instant, instant. Yeah. Yeah. And so you did you go and get it checked out instantly or did you kind of debate about it? a little Well, bit? it probably it probably evolved. And in the beginning, I noticed the number, my ability with numbers were different. And I had that checked out. And they said with at a really nasty test for hours that I was highly functioning. And that kind of made you think, okay, well, maybe it's just aging, age or whatnot. It didn't give you, it didn't sound off any alarm bells. When did the alarm bells start where you were like, I think I need to maybe take a stronger look at what's going on with me? I'm pretty good about going for an annual checkup. And uh, every year, my physician would ask me questions and what else? What else is going on? And I would mention memory. And at one point, I think maybe it was 2021. So the year before? The year before, or the year before that, she recommended I take an MRI, and I didn't want to spend the two or 300 for the MRI. And I realized from the other test I was highly functioning, so I just put it off. Came back to the doctor the next year, and she said, you really should do that MRI. So June of 2020, 
two, I started on this journey. Started on the journey. That was when you got the MRI back that said you had a brain tumor. A big tumor on my pituitary gland. And you being the researcher and data person that I know you are, you started to look into this tumor. What do I what do? I do what do that? I do? How do I treat it? What are my options? Right? And initially, surgery was not the first. Uh, surgery is the first option. Surgery um, is the first I option. I learned that on my own. So there's surgery is the best option. And then after that, chemo and radiation. But, and things like gamma knife. People, it depends where it grows, whether or not surgery is an option. And where mine was growing was where my optic nerve was. And if it grew more, it might not have been an option. And that your your eyesight became at risk, essentially. Right. And would you say that that was really the driving force? Because uh, I think when we were chatting the other night at dinner, they gave you sort of a watch and wait uh, diagnosis initially. And you were like, okay, but then when you realized that your sight could possibly go if you didn't have the surgery, you moved away from watch and wait. So Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. I come from a family where people lose sight and hearing. And depends where the tumor is, whether or not you lose sight or hearing or whether or not you need anything done. But I watched my great aunt lose her sight at age 76. It was not a pretty thing. I know losing sight is loss of independence. Yeah. And as we get older, uh, independence becomes like more precious than anything, right? Because it limits anything that we can do if we cannot be seen as independent and taking care of ourselves. So, uh, so you make the decision to have surgery, uh, to remove it, and you are projected to only be in the ICU for about two days. Not but, even the ICU. Oh, not even the ICU. Only in the hospital for two days. And it turns out you ended up in the ICU for eight days. Plus the non-ICU for two more. For two more. So you were in the hospital total for 10 days as a result of, it feels like to say complications seems it is. not it is. enough, but that, that's kind I of. I was the poster child for what could go wrong. Right. I have low blood pressure. There were various things that all melded together that made me the poster child. Yeah. And... In that experience of being, <laughs> it sounds wrong to say the poster child for what could go wrong, you had a little bit of a, could we call it a mind shift, where you started to think of the glass of being half full for being grateful for how people were taking care of you and treating you and doing stuff for you in that moment. Um, not saying that you weren't grateful before, but that you did not come out of the surgery and you did not come out of being, uh, this is like worst case scenario, thinking this is worst case scenario. I could not do anything for myself. So anything people were doing, I was grateful for. On top of that, 
I shared a room with a man who was about my age, and every time they asked him what the date was, it was December 10th, 2010. And for you, you were getting the dates, and things I were coming back to you. I was getting the dates, and I knew for a fact I couldn't, I was blessed, and he has no idea, and he sounded intelligent. In addition to kind of fighting a battle of, you also saw that your sight went away. Uh, I lost my sight. For I, a I only saw things in white and gray yep. for a couple of days. There was no color. And they could not tell you when you were going. If. Or if. if. Yeah. It was going to come back. It was through your determination, like, I will make a recovery. I am going to put everything I can into this. And sharing that out with the folks that were following you or knew you that is kind of where you became your own life coach, right? Exactly. So you started to lean into the teachings that you have given and done with your clients for yourself. And you started to um, think about the things that were the positivity messages that you are... The glass half full. The glass half full, right? You started documenting to your network, right? You started making videos from the hotel room or the hotel room, (laughs) hospital room. room. Yeah. And those turned out to be inspirational messages to your network and some of which are of your clients. What made you start doing that? Well, my hair was dirty and, and I thought, that if they and you needed ju- a good laugh. And I needed a good laugh. And I thought if they could give me that shampoo stuff that I knew they had hidden somewhere, <laughs> yeah. that I could get a clean hair. But it was making me laugh so much. The whole, really, I'm not laughing at all in the ICU. I can't right. see anything. If it's making me have positive things, then I thought, oh, I can, I'm kind of a ham. I could do this on video. So yeah. I sat there with my phone and I, I documented how you wash your hair with that stuff in a bag. <laughs> and and you people, got... people watched it. And then later on, a couple of days later, I did it again because my hair was still dirty and I still haven't had a shower. Really, it's gross. And it was this, it's kind of like when we're doing something that's really or we're going through something that's very difficult or very challenging, we kind of, we need to sometimes just take a moment to laugh or have something else besides the moment that we're in that's hard to lighten the, lighten the mood a little bit. I was amazed that washing my hair could make me laugh. Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, and others, I'm guessing, that were watching the video. <laughs> or I have not, full disclosure, I've not seen the video, so I will have to go find it. Or you can send it to me. Okay, I'll have to look um, for it. But you got out of ICU and you got out of the hospital and your site did come back to you. And you shared with me that it was really the first time in your life where you took that half full approach and that you've kept that half full approach since this experience. And that it has also, you know, given you a new... It sounds cliche, and I don't want to sound cliche, like a new lease on life, but it's taken a different... um, My life feels different. Your life feels different. And And it's changed, and that the change is actually okay and good. Well, the change is good, and I believe I've had the change for several years, but 
having it be so drastic this time made me really realize the change. And that that's part of, of in your life coaching journey, right? Folks that come to you initially are looking for that change or they and, and they, they don't believe they can do it i know i can teach people who don't think that they can do something yeah so i didn't know about that i could change their eating habits but i've spent my life teaching people to do things that i could and they couldn't if if people are listening to this for the first time uh and they're they're hearing your story and they go wow okay so that that's kind of a a left turn or a curveball that life throws at you. What would you say to them that would give them a a sense of of how how you took this kind of again with with the perspective of being half full versus half empty? What is a a a wise or a wisdom wise piece of advice wisdom that you would give for folks that might be going through something really difficult might be feeling like change is impossible. Um, what is it, what would kind of be a key piece of, of something that you would, you would share? So, um, this is an example. Uh, if something is overwhelming, I project manage it (laughs) and I break it into little pieces and there must be some piece that there's a positive side to. Like, I don't want to go into, anyway, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> that could be another episode. That can be another episode. But for people who are overwhelmed with the process and, and a timeline or whatever it is, there's got to be pieces of it to chunk it up and figure out each piece because you could get overwhelmed in the whole journey. But I was just dealing with each little piece and trying to, to move on to the next piece. And the, and having positivity of each little section, my journey has been going on for four months now. Each And realizing at each juncture when the next journey is. So in the beginning, it was my eyesight. And the first thing is I, I couldn't deal with glare. And then I realized I didn't have taste. And then I realized I couldn't smell anything. And each little thing, someone might just say, this is really bad, the whole thing. But I was just like focused, okay, let's deal with the first one. Then what happens? Then I'm dealing with the next one. I'm still dealing with taste and smell now, but really it's worlds better than it was two weeks ago. So really, like, like really, I don't, I'm not expecting 100%. If I expect 100%, I will be set up for failure. So what's the new me? What's the new me? And, and how to be happy with the new me, I am happy. My vision is 95%. My taste, and, my taste is better than my smell. I really don't know. But if I can't smell, then I'm not going to be tasked with looking for where the cat peed on cushions. <laughs> where, and in the right. old world, I was better at smelling. So that's a good thing. Right. It's almost, it's kind of rediscovering yourself, right? And it is. It's, it's, you, you shared something uh, the other night. It was when you're a child, you learn what you like. You learn what you don't like. You don't like spinach. Yeah, you don't like this. You don't like that. And that you're kind of taking 
that approach now is relearning or having to maybe determine in new you and new me the things you like and the things that you don't like and that that's okay. An example, we went out to eat. I ordered a fancy salad. I thought watermelon was good, okay? What I learned is if it has a lot of ingredients, don't order it. Because one of those ingredients you can't taste and the recipe needs it. Uh, That's a life lesson. Right. <laughs> Maybe at some point I'll go to someone's house. They'll have a fancy salad. I'll see whether or not it works. But for right now, stay away from that. <laughs> so it's it's just relearning. Yeah. And not to be afraid of relearning. And, and, and really, so I used to like that. I don't like it now. There's something else I'm going to like better now that I didn't like before. And also not to lament the loss of whatever was before, right? To sort of embrace in what you're relearning and the newness and not, not dwell on the loss of what you might not have. I used to love ice cream. Is it so bad that I don't like ice cream anymore? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, no. Waistlines might say it's not a bad thing, but I, I'm thinking of... Um, I don't crave it. Let's just say that. Yeah. So that's not a bad thing because I'm not going to be eating that. Right. And we're, and we're using food as an example, but this could be anything, right? It could be, you know, maybe you you used to like uh, an activity, but now you don't like that activity anymore, but you find a different activity that you like. Exactly. Or a hobby or something. And that I feel sometimes, I, I think I said it in my first episode, it was we are not what we once were, but that is okay. The idea when you come out of uh, a period of, of time or struggle or challenge or change, we can tend to kind of try to clamor back to what we were or what we lost as opposed to embracing what we are and what we are, right. what we're in, in the moment to be. So um, as a kind of a parting wisdom, because we like to we like to say on the podcast that this is we're doing life lessons or wisdoms and experiences and inspirations, which of your story is all of those things. Um, if you looked at your life on the whole, what is the one thing you've always used or leaned into to help you navigate whatever, whatever moment it is? I think you said that you always, you're a researcher and a I'm, learner. I'm always analyzing it, trying to make a better decision. Yeah. I don't just make a uh, off the cuff decision. And does that come from any place in your family? Mm. Or is it just something that you developed as you came into being who you are? And I should have been a researcher. My fifth grade teacher put that on my report card. Gail is a good researcher. Oh, really? And my mother didn't, who was a teacher, also didn't highlight that. I didn't know that that could be a profession. A researcher a librarian or something along those lines. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't disagree with you because I tend to be one of those folks that needs to kind of, uh, look at all the, uh, look at all the options, right? Like even in your story, like you had three, you had three doctor's opinions. You didn't just take the first opinion because it was essentially looking at, you know, is this a dementia thing? And it turns out to be like, no, but it could be this other thing and wanted to have somebody be able to share that with you. So, it's never, it's never, uh, there's, there's that saying, there's never a bad question to ask, right? Or there's well, no stupid and, question. And 
And also, doctors don't know everything. And sometimes you might know something that they don't trust that you understand your body. Too. And be your own advocate. That was and something your, that you... Be your own advocate. Because the first doctor who looked at was a, a neurologist. And all he said is, I don't have dementia or Alzheimer's. He was just looking in his box. He did How he didn't miss... Uh, uh, whatever size big tumor I had on my pituitary gland is unfathomable. And when I said something to him, he said, oh, my God, Gail, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. And you being your own advocate kind of got you to the right doctor to be able to kind of. And treatment. And I treatment. could have ended up losing my vision if I didn't see, read that. Yeah. And kind of. I say beating the odds, but just owning the odds and making sure that the odds, to the best of your ability, are in your favor for recovery. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to share? Um, just know that change is possible, and don't don't believe that you can't do it. Really, I didn't think I could ever see the world positively. And you do now. And I do now. And, and it's the biggest blessing. I wish it had happened 20 years ago. And I think that is an excellent way to end the episode. So thank you for your time, Gail. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life Notes from Chair 17. Remember to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. 